Welcome to the Iowa Tri Runners podcast, the site that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. All right, as the friendly voice of myself said, this, this is the Iowa Tri Runners podcast. You've come to the right place. This is episode three of the podcast that has just gotten started here in the month of March. And today I'll be delving into a lot of different things. We'll be talking uh, a lot of road racing, uh, a couple interesting races um, this weekend, one down in Jacksonville, Florida, where some Iowa uh, runners did well as well as a uh, nice, good competition over in Davenport. Um, and we'll also be talking about some news here to start off. But before we get started uh, with that, I did want to uh, talk a little bit more about my interest in doing this podcast and why I'm doing it. Um, I guess I didn't really, I kind of glossed over the fact that uh, I did some broadcasting uh, early in my career. Um, before I went into the, uh, I guess you could say the publication world. Um, it was in high school, kind of when I got interested in doing radio. Um, I kind of saw myself as wanting to be uh, the next Jim Nance, I guess, broadcasting the NCAA tournament right now, the NCAA basketball tournament, and wanted to um, uh, get involved uh, in, um, in play-by-play uh, either at, at the college or, or pro level and um, when I was in high school I got interviewed um, after uh, a practice by the local uh, KQWC um, sports director. He liked what I did. We, I got to talking to him about it more. He, he saw that I was interested. That eventually led to an opportunity for me as a high school senior to do uh, color commentary for high school basketball games for one season. That was just fascinating for me that he would allow me that opportunity to, to do color commentary next to him uh, for, um, you know, broadcasting high school games, which, you know, KQWC is a big countywide um, broadcast station up in Hamilton County. Um, so that really kind of whet my appetite for doing um radio and television um that's kind of what i was hoping to do and that's why i went to university university up in storm lake they had a a premier uh communications department up there uh a, a beautiful new tv studio and i uh, i took regular turns uh, doing their um, tv news program up there um, at uh, at Buena Vista. Um, and um, things were going pretty good, and then um, I really just couldn't get any internships into radio and, and, and television. It was kind of a, a tough market to get into, and um, I eventually became, got more interested in the, in the newspaper, uh, the newspaper called The Tack up there. Yes, it's called after the thing you stick in the, in, in the wall. Um, I moved up from sports assistant sports editor to sports editor to news editor there and um, 
Um, but I still was juggling back and forth. My junior year, I had an internship at a small radio station in the South Bend, Mishawaka area. Didn't go very well. Uh, didn't learn a darn thing. Um, I, I basically was just sorting files. It seems like that was about all I did. Uh, it was kind of a waste, and, and the radio uh, internship just didn't go very well. Whereas my senior year, when I did my newspaper internship up in Carroll at the uh, Carroll Today, uh, thank you, Paula Johnson, for, for that uh, fantastic opportunity. She was just a wonderful editor, learned so much from her. And <clears throat> it just went so well. And, and after um, leaving um, Buena Vista after graduation, newspaper job, just opened up right away immediately and um, you know TV TV jobs just weren't very prevalent you know it's hard to get into TV um, very difficult so I just kind of swung into newspapers and uh, that's how I got into the publication field but the the, the fact that broadcasting has never left me um, it, it just hasn't so um, so this is kind of my way to to stay in that realm with this podcast to be able to have a voice in track and field and cross country and triathlon. So here I am, and that's kind of why I'm jumping back into it, why I have an interest in doing a podcast, whereas most of you people uh, have seen me as a writer uh, with the Double Lane Register, my articles there, and of course my blog um, with, uh, with the Milepost blog uh, at uh, Des Moines Register com and fitnessports.com you can still read those and i have um got those ready to update as well so but let's go into kind of the news of the day now that we've gone into that um news today iowa state um after their successful cross-country finish where they finished eighth at the national meet coupled with a 13th place finish at the indoor meet they are now second place in the John McDonald Men's Division I Program of the Year competition. Now you're probably asking, what is that? Well, <clears throat> it's an award you get for having the best uh, points scored in the sports of cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track for one season. Uh, so the Cyclones are second in that competition with 21 points, chasing only Arkansas with 11.5 points. So Iowa State's got a chance to win that, of course, in June. Um, they've got a lot of good good runners coming uh, with eligibility for the outdoor season. But we all know Arkansas is also very good, so it won't be easy for the Cyclones. But hey, they're, uh, with the, but they're doing well nationally with that uh, second place finish currently. Um, a big news that just came out today, actually, is that I think it's official that the NCAA has reduced the qualifiers in individual events to 36 for the NCAA West and East regional meets for the outdoor season. Now, in the past, it's been 48, so they're trimming it down to 12. Um, the reason is, of course, um, trying to limit the number of athletes, trying to be safe with this in, this, in the COVID era still. Uh, but there is a change.org petition circulating on Twitter. You can find that. Several athletes have been tweeting this out. They're trying to get them get the NCAA to change this, uh, reducing the qualifiers. We'll see what happens. But 
I know in January, there was a committee that met that recommended the decision and um, Drake Relays director and interim track and field coach Blake Bolden was on that committee. So that uh, they're the ones that recommended changing it from 48 to 36. So stay tuned to that, but I believe that it's official now that they are gonna limit it. So that's unfortunate that 12 individuals for all the, um, for every event is going to be limited. Um, I believe the, the relays are going to stay the same. There's not going to be a change there, but the individual events are going to drop down from 48 to 36. Um, let's move on to, as I previewed uh, a, a little bit, the 15 kilometer championships for USATF were held this weekend, Saturday at the Gate River Run race in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, Bias Mbasa um, really has had a really strong few months here. Former Sioux City North and Iowa Central Community College runner. He finished runner up again in this race for the second straight year in the USATF. Uh, last year he was third overall. There was a runner who was not involved in the USATF, um, not an American apparently, but he finished second in the USATF end of it. Uh, he finished uh, uh, with, uh, let's see, what was his time? So he was just a few seconds behind the winner, Clayton Young. He was just uh, a couple seconds behind. Clayton Young won in 43.52. And Baia was at 43.54, and he earned $5,000 for that runner-up finish. So it was it was a good it was a good race. Um, it's about five men together <clears throat> uh, climbing up the Heart Bridge. If you don't know much about this race, the Heart Bridge is kind of the end of the race. You go up the up the bridge and then down, and then it's right to the finish. And um, it was five together, and, and Young had the had the best finish, but Baia was uh, number two. So good runner, good run by the Flagstaff Arizona runner. Um, he was running unattached. So let's hope he gets some sponsorship coming up here, um, some, some, some additional sponsorship because he's been really, um, really running well. Um, another guy, really, you've got to be... Uh, Excited for is a former Drake runner and tin man and uh, athlete Reed Fisher. He was in eighth place. He ran 44.02, and that's uh, 15K is 9.3 miles if you're uh, figuring it up in your head. So that was like a 40-second personal best for Reed, um, who's living in the Boulder, Colorado area. So um, he said on Instagram that it was uh, a a joy to be back on the roads again for the first time since the uh, U.S. Olympic marathon trials last February. I thought one interesting thing that he said is, the track's nice and all, but I'm a road man through and through. So he was, uh, he was pretty pleased with his effort. So good run by Reed, finishing eighth. Um, you can, uh, and by the way, um, Tin Man has a really good... Um, Instagram uh, account. Uh, they do a lot of videos there. They're very active um, with their um, Instagram account. So if you're really in, uh, interested in a good uh, social media account, uh, 
that has some Iowa runners, former Iowa Collegians. That's a good place to start. Um, uh, some other runners, um, Kevin Lewis, you know him. He was a former University of Iowa and Tumwa High prep. Uh, now runs for Minnesota Distance Elite. He finished 26th in 45.58. Now, 26 doesn't sound all that impressive, but his uh, previous best at the, at the distance for 15K is 45.55. So he's, he's right there knocking on the door for his PR for this race. And it wasn't a great day either. There it was windy, kind of like it was here in Des Moines that uh, last weekend. It was windy down in Jacksonville. So um, Kevin's been a regular down there. He finished uh, 14th in 2019. And that year he ran 46.10, so you can see the competition was much, much more, much more difficult. And of course he didn't, he didn't run last year because he was running in the Olympic marathon trials. Um, another runner who maybe some of you remember, former run of blaze Iowa athlete. He's not from Iowa, but he's, um, but he stayed in Iowa City for a while. Ryan Root, he was 30th in 46.44. And um, on the women's side, uh, it was really nice to see uh, Diana Curry back in action, former University of Iowa All-American. Um, she's had, had kind of a long layoff until recently with some uh, string of injuries. So it's great to see her coming back. She finished 10th overall in 50-44 in the women's competition. So let's hope that um, she can have uh, a, a steady run of uh, healthy races. She's an ASICS and Boulder Wave runner, um, and um, she's doing well in Flagstaff, Arizona. So nice top 10 for Diane. She's, um, I think she said on Instagram that she was pretty excited just to be racing again, um, had a big smile on her face. Um, so that's great um, that she's healthy and running well. Another runner who's back after some injuries as well she ran um at the usatf 15k that's katie german uh former iowa state uh Wapsie valley star she was 32nd and 5407 she's just trying to get back into um the kind of shape that she was in before she got injured right before the olympic marathon trials um last february her last race was the Houston half in 2020. That was January of 2020. So, um, so she hasn't raced in over a year. Um, <clears throat> she got injured, had a hip injury after that Houston half marathon race. And then she had an IT band issue last fall. So she, um, She's back to finally getting some consistent training, but um, as she said, she pointed out, um, it's a big ask to be able to maintain a pace that I haven't touched in five to six months. She said uh, her, her, her pace um, Saturday in Jacksonville was basically her marathon pace. So uh, it, it might seem disappointing, she said, but with all the... Um, all that she's gone through and kind of what she said was readjustment of, of expectation. He was, she was able to enjoy the atmosphere and, and, and race environment. So, so that's good to see her back. Um, she's 
had some success here in this race. Um, raced at um, Jacksonville in 2019, and she finished eighth that year um, in 52.20. So we know that she can run a lot better than 54.07, and um, she'll she'll get there. She's a very talented runner, and we know that she'll get back to that spot. It's just going to take a little bit of time um, because, like she said, she just hasn't done the real training, the real hard training that she's needed to do uh, to get to get there. And it's only March, so she's got a lot of spring and summer racing coming up. Um, this race, by the way, um, has a little bit of a footnote to it. Um, the Gate River Run in Jacksonville. It had um, the biggest, lar it was the largest road race in the United States since the 2020 LA Marathon, which you all know, the runners, or the real running community knows is basically the last major marathon race that was held before COVID-19 hit, so before the onset of the pandemic. Um, and that was on March 8th of 2020, the LA Marathon. So this was the biggest uh, finishers road race um, that we've had. So that's a real positive. It's 6,731 finishers at the, um, the GRR. So that um, hopefully we'll have a lot more of those again coming up. Um, I know Bix is having a they're having their race in person, but they're going to do things a little different. They're going to have staggered um, starts. They're going to have waves, waves, I believe. Um, so hopefully um, we'll have, but they're going to limit that. VIX uh, is going to be limited to 10,000, if you're wondering. Locally here in Iowa, that's going to be, VIX is, of course, the, the real big single race of the year now. Um, you have the Des Moines Marathon that's got... Um, several different races, the 5K, the half marathon. But as far as one race, uh, one distance, um, mix is right up there. Um, like I said, they, they're hoping to get 10,000 to limit their number. And while we're over in Davenport, let's talk about the Blazing 8K. This was a, a race on Sunday put on by Run of Blaze Iowa, the Iowa elite racing team. The, the, the men's team there wanted to get... Uh, Kind of a team competition going with the the lack of road races out there um, including the big one in chicago over the saint patrick's day uh, that one got nixed so um, they hosted dw running an illinois running group so it was a it was a two-team battle at credit island course in davenport and uh, run a blaze was impressive they, they 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 did the job finishing first through fifth with uh austin o'brien leading the way austin has had a phenomenal year he had a, he had a great pandemic year uh, in 2020 setting a bunch of personal bests and he did it again for the 8k distance at credit island it was a, it was a two two lap course in davenport he set a PR by 57 seconds, and he ran 23:28, which is also the best ever by a run of blaze athlete. So, Austin, great running by him. He's phenomenal shape. Um, 
for the West Des Moines runner. Um, Devin Alba, former, uh, like Austin O'Brien, a former PV, Pleasant Valley athlete. Uh, he was the host of the event because he's from Bettendorf. He was runner up in, in, in 2407. And then you had Blake Whalen, who who uh, went to high school up the road in, Dubu in at uh, Dubuque Senior, and he also ran for Iowa Central. He was third in 24-22. And then fourth was Davenport Assumption and St. Ambrose athlete Steve Freshel. He was fourth, 24-29. Um, they had a bunch of PRs, according to Austin. I saw a post by him, a bunch of team PRs. So... Some of these might have been PRs, I'm not sure. Uh, most of their athlete pages, they don't have the 8K because it's not, not, as, not as popular distance, of course, as the 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. Um, but uh, Freshel, um, he's coming off uh, certainly a PR at the Louisiana half marathon recently where he finished second place and ran 106.18. So the former... St. Ambrose B, um, really doing quite a good job um, picking up some PRs here left and right. Taking fifth is Tyson Wheeland. He's the guy who did a great job with the Blazing 5K in the fall. He helped organize it. He was number five uh, overall with a 24-36 effort, which he said was a PR. So great job for the former Johnston and Iowa Central runner who now lives in Des Moines. Um, and uh, he kind of commented that um, gives him a lot of confidence moving forward. And he's going to try to, to uh, break his 10K PR coming up in three weeks because they've got a, they've got a um, blazing 10K coming up. Um, uh, Run a Blaze is going to host a blazing 10K. They're going to host a bunch of people at... Um, at Waterworks Park again. They're basically doing two loops of the same course that they did in October. They're going to do two loops this time instead of one, and they're hosting an elite race there, uh, bringing together a lot of the best Midwest runners around. So that'll be a really good competition. I'll have to I'll have to make my way over there to um, to Waterworks to, to watch that action. Uh, Chris Robertson. He's a former Run Ablaze uh, athlete. Who now lives in Chicago. He broke up the run of blaze uh, dominance. He, he was sixth for the DW team in 2444. Then, um, then Jason Thomas of Des Moines, former da uh, Dowling Catholic prep and Iowa State grad. He was seventh for run of blaze in 2445. He said it wasn't in his best shape, but it was good. Uh, it was a it, it was a good confidence booster. Um, and of course, he also, like Tyson, points out for the 10K that's coming up. So he's looking forward to that um, that blazing 10K. That um, should be a great um, great competition. Um, Rena Blaze also had uh, Dan Freshel, the brother of Steve, um, the former Davenport Assumption runner. He was 11th in 2540. Uh, they have a newcomer uh, to the team, former Iowa State student, McCoy Benzen. He was 12th in 2542. And then um, Nathan Hopp, who's, who's been running the roads in Iowa for, for many years, 
former Clear Creek and Mount Mercy athlete. He was 13th in 2552. Nate had some had some doubts whether he should um, run in this in, in this event because he is much older um, than some of the other guys. Even though he, he's incredibly quick, um, let's not uh, say he's a slow poke or anything. Uh, when you can run 2552. But um, despite the negative voices in my head telling me I had no business running against younger slash better runners, I took the line and ran better than expected. And that's why you put yourself out there, right? I mean, you, you never know when you're going to come up with that great performance. And 25.52 is, is a good, good run by, uh, by Nate. Um, who still lives in the Clear Creek Amanda area. So, um, well, I guess he's the coach for Linmar, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but he still is in that area over in Eastern Iowa. Um, so that was, that was a good, uh, a good competition. I think there were 16 finishers in that race, pretty even between the two teams. I think it was pretty close to eight and eight, I think somewhere along that finish um so nice uh nice race over at credit island in davenport let's move on to colleges real briefly um most of the colleges were not in action um because we just had ncaa's uh, a week ago and most of the teams are just catching their breath a little bit waiting for the outdoor season to go and uh, one was one notable result. That was uh, former Dowling Catholic prep Kelsey Schweizer. Um, she opened up her outdoor track season at the Mizzou Spring Opener. I was hosted by her school, Missouri, and she finished second in the 800 meters and 213 even. So good, good first outdoor 800 for her. She was only 0.45 of a second behind. Kansas senior Riley Cooney in that 800 meters. So that was really about all for track and field. We'll get back to track and field in just a minute, but with the upcoming events that are on the docket. But first, let's um, stick to the roads here. The St. Patty's Half Marathon was held on Sunday. It was like I uh, foreshadowed it was pretty windy uh, it's at St. Patty's. Um, I ran uh, the 5K um, and winds were 15 to 20 miles an hour. That's why it was really impressive, some, some, imp some performances here. Michael Grazing, I looked this guy up, I Googled him, I could not find a whole lot on him, but he won the race in 112.41. Um, that's, that's really impressive time. I don't know much about his background, but he was the winner in the half marathon. And um, finishing second was my market to market uh, teammate, Vic Morales. I got to give a shout out to Vic. He, he ran really well, 117.59 to finish second place. Um, <clears throat> the St. Paddy's had a marathon race with this event. Uh, I had my doubts about this uh, running a marathon in March during a pandemic, but 
you know, uh, the organizers really, the Iowa Runs group did a really good job of spacing everybody out. They, they, they required masks in the finish shoot. It was well organized, so tip of the cap to them. And there were 62 finishers in this marathon, so it just goes to show you that if you, you if you, you know, there's so many athletes out there that are wanting to get in, you know, for one thing, to get all 50 states, they want to come to Iowa to them for a marathon. There aren't that many op opportunities. St. Patty's gave them that opportunity, and there were 62 finishers. And three men broke three hours, led by Spencer Waterman, who ran 241. So... Uh, that was impressive. Three men under, under three and 62 finishers. So kudos to them. Because like I said, it wasn't an easy day. It was windy. It was um, the real feel out there was about 35 degrees and windy, about 15 to 20 miles an hour. My race wasn't very good. I can, I can safely say that I ran my worst 5K in decades. It wasn't years, this was decades. Um, they had me officially for 2032. Coming in, I just kind of wanted to break 20 minutes because I knew that was kind of the shape I was in. And March is always, my, 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 my first race every year is always my worst um, at the now defunct for Iowa, Leprechaun Chase. I always was scrambling just to kind of break 20 minutes um, at that race, which is always right around St. Patrick's Day, same, same type of time. So I knew that I wasn't going to run well, but then, um, then you couple in with the wind, and um, which, which hit you right in the first half of the race. It was a south wind, and the course was pretty much going south. So you kind of had to hold back a little bit. And I did, and I got really moving there. Uh, once we got turned around, heading north, I was really dropping down, low six-minute pace, and then I had this massive cramp in my side. Um, I haven't had a cramp like that since college, since the uh, Iowa Conference cross-country meet. It's been decades again, like since I've had cramps like that. I mean, it just really, it hurt so bad that I had to physically stop for a couple seconds, catch my breath, and then try to run again. I thought that might cure it, but it didn't. I basically jogged it in for the last half, uh, half mile because it hit me about 2.5 miles, 2.5, 2.6. So, um, at, and I still ran a 634 uh, third mile, so that tells you that I was moving pretty well despite jogging it in. I've got a few theories about what happened, um, but it's mostly disappointing because I've really worked on my on my core. I've really worked on ab work a lot in the last three to four years. It's become a real strength of mine. Um, really dedicated a lot of time to that. So for me to have a stomach cramp is disappointing, but like I said, I've got a couple um, theories about what happened, and I will work on that and move on, and um, onward and upward, as one of the runners said, um, maybe it was um, Nate Hopp that said that, so maybe 
I can't remember who said that, but definitely onward and upward for me. A lot more races, and like I said, I, I March is always a tough, um, tough month for me. I don't usually start off very fast. Um, I like a little warmer weather for racing, and, and um, we certainly didn't have the ideal race conditions on Sunday, but um, they had a good, uh, a good field there at St. Patty's. Um, a good uh, number of runners around. It was hard to tell. How many there were because there was you know everybody was finishing it at odd times starting at odd times we were staggered um but that's kind of the norm now i think um for at least the next few weeks here uh, for most of the races if you're going to enter a race you're going to have to get used to running in waves or or staggering your starts that's just the reality of it um Got uh, a little bit of news that I overlooked. Um, I noticed that Jay Welp, uh, who's he's a run a Blaze athlete, um, he won the he won that Blaze in 5K in last October. He finished sixth overall at the Woodlands Half Marathon on March 6th. He ran 106.55. So good run by Jay Welp. He's in the Iowa City area. He's a coach and teacher there. So that. Um, just about does it for this podcast but we got one last thing and that's what's on the docket coming up what's on the schedule drake hosts the blue oval open uh march 26th and 27th two-day event uh iowa state drake i know south dakota state will be there so the blue oval will be in action um get the first look at that this weekend Friday and Saturday, and then um, uh, Northern Iowa is off, but Iowa is at the big invite. Uh, that's hosted by Indiana up in uh, over in Bloomington. That's also Friday, Saturday, so Iowa is at the big invite. So those are the two big track and field uh, meets as the outdoor season kicks off in earnest this weekend. So that's kind of the rundown for the Iowa Tri Runners podcast. That's what you have for the week and hope uh, everything goes well uh, for your running. Happy running, everybody, and hope you can tune in next week for more highlights and insights from me. So, so long, everybody. This has been Lance Bergeson with the Iowa Tri Runners podcast.